You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. of love. No, take that back. He is love. He's not just an example of love. He is love. Scripture says in 1 John, God is love. How do I know that the Father loves me? How do I know that God loves me? Simple. He sent his son to die for me. Take it personal, folks. He sent his son to die for you. That's how you know God loves you. God gave you the affirmation of his love. One of the most typical attacks of the devil is trying to get you to question God's Word and not believing what God has said. As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series through the Gospel of John, he'll be encouraging you to believe what God has said regarding His love towards you. Renew your mind in God's Word. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 13 as he continues his message, To God Be the Glory. The hour had finally come, but it seemed to be an hour of darkness. Hence, it says that Judas left at night. Judas wanted to do his deed in the dark. He wanted to do his dirty deed in the dark at night. It seemed to be a dark hour. There may have never been a darker hour in the history of mankind. It would seem that this day was a triumph for the forces of evil, for the forces of darkness. It would appear that this was the day that had finally come where the forces of evil had won over on God. From a human perspective, this hour, the hour of Christ's death, was the most dastardly hour. It involved unspeakable suffering and humiliation. The light of the world had come into the world, and it seemed as though the world was now going to extinguish the light. It looked that way. Everything was pointing to it. From a human perspective, this was indeed dastardly. But from a divine perspective, it was a revelation of God's glory. Look at verse 31. Let's read it all. So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. In these short verses this morning, Jesus references glory five times. He references the word glory five times. The Son of Man will be glorified, and God would be glorified in him. Glorified. The Greek word here is doxadzo, meaning glorious, full of glory. The word is the past tense of the verb to glory. What does that mean? It means to exalt, to honor, to praise extravagantly. That's what glorifying means. How would the Son of Man be glorified? How is it that the Son of Man is going to be glorified at this hour? How would God be glorified in him? Simple. By Jesus' death on the cross. As mind-boggling as it may seem to us in our human brains, Jesus' death on the cross would be his glorification and would be to the glory of God. Jesus had spoken about this in John 12, 23. 
In John 12, 23, Jesus said, answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And he talked about the wheat going into the ground, the kernel of wheat going into the ground and blossoming. He was speaking of his death. He was speaking about his death. The Son of Man will be glorified and God would be glorified. How? By two pieces of wood and three nails. Two pieces of wood and three nails would be to the glorification of God. The cross is a place of glory. The world looks at the cross and they see disgust. They see humiliation. They see disgrace. They see a place of cursing. Jesus looks at the cross and knowing what it will be accomplished on the cross, sees glory. The cross is at the heart of Jesus. The cross is at the very heart of God. The cross would reveal love in a way that has never been revealed before. The cross would reveal the true love of God that God had for mankind. The cross is so important to us that the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 6.14, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So my question, why should we then glory in the cross? The cross is a killing machine. The cross might as well be an electric chair, a gas chamber, a place of death. The cross is a place where criminals went to die. And it was a horrible, disgusting death. A vicious death, a brutal death. Why should then we glory in a cross? Well, first of all, the cross speaks of the extent of God's love. The cross speaks to us about the extent of God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Greater is no man than this that he laid down his life for his friends. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. But God has manifested his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. On the cross, we see God's love. We view God's love. We see the perspective of how much God really loves you individually. Take it personally, folks. Just how much God loves each and every one of you and each and every one of the entire world. For God so loved the world. We get a picture of that. Secondly, the cross tells me of the extent that God will go to bless me and help me. God loved me so much that he would go to such an extent so that I could have a relationship with him. He loves me so much that he would go such an extent that he would allow his own beloved son, his only begotten son, to die in my stead. Scripture says, if God spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not freely then give us all things? Whatever I may need pales into significance when compared to what God has already given me through Jesus Christ and the cross. No wonder Paul said, but I, God shall supply all my needs and riches through Christ Jesus. It is on the cross where Jesus conquered the forces of darkness that were opposed to your walking in fellowship with God. 
The forces of darkness were opposed and are still opposed to your walking with fellowship in God. But those chains of slavery, those chains were broken on the cross. What did you just sing? We have been set free. We have been set free by what happened on the cross. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I now have a choice. I don't have to sin. Before, I didn't have a choice. It was my nature. And I had to sin. So on the cross, I have victory. Paul wrote concerning the cross, by it, the cross, he, Jesus, conquered those principalities and powers that were against us as he triumphed over them through the cross and made an open display of his victory. Number four, the cross removes the sting of death. Paul cried, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be unto God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Fifthly, the cross gives me hope. And it gives me promise of eternal life. Jesus said to the disciples right after he was telling them that the hour had come for his crucifixion, he's going to say, because I live, you too shall live. Paul writes, for if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Jesus from the dead will also make you alive in your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. Peter says, thank God for we have been born again into a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Folks, it's plain and simple. If there had been no cross, if there had been no death, there would have been no victorious resurrection. Simple. Period. So I glory in the cross of Jesus Christ. It's not some ornament I wear about my neck. It's, not, it's, it's, it's mean, powerful to me. And when I look at it, something happens within me. Something happens inside me. When Jesus said, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. What was he talking about? Well, we lift up the name of Jesus. That's great. But he was talking about a cross. If I be lifted up on the cross, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, if Jesus was lifted, is lifted up on the cross, he will draw all men to himself. And that's what's being said here, folks. So I glory in the cross. I revel in its mystery. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But I praise God for it. I'm in all of its meaning. I'm ever praising God for his plan of redemption. I give him glory and honor that's due his name because he is so worthy. It is through the cross that I am reconciled back to God the Father. And it's because of the cross that I now have access to God the Father. Because of his cross. And what's so sad about this whole thing is men revel in their accomplishments. Men revel in their accomplishments. Watch any award show. And they revel in the awards. Look what I did. Sadly, sports. One of these really nice kids makes a great shot in the NC2A game last night, and he's running down the court going, what, what the heck? Look at the football teams. They score a touchdown. They're all good. That was pretty good, wasn't it? You like that? These guys are glorying in what they've done. They're glorying like they, they had some great accomplishment. And here's the crazy thing. We pay money for that. 
We sit in the seats and we cheer them on. I've told you before, I've never heard a college team at all. And I like the, I love the NCAA uh, basketball tournament. But not one of those college teams is yelling, we're number two, we're number two. Not one of them. Running down the court. Jeez, break. But see, God sought to eliminate all that. He sought to eliminate all that by making our salvation a gift. He gave. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's a gift, a free gift. We did nothing to earn it. We simply believe in the work that Jesus did on the cross, and we have salvation. It's a gift. We believe. We have faith. And the purpose of justification by faith was to eliminate boasting. Who am I to boast in anything except what is done on the cross? If I was justified by works, then I might have some grounds for boasting. But my boasting, now my works, because of God's work. I'm not boasting in me, I'm boasting in Him and what He accomplished. There is no boasting on my part. Because of my justification is possible only through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, I have no place for boasting except in the cross of Christ. Only in the cross of Christ and therein I boast. Not only was the Son of Man glorified, but God is glorified in Him. The twofold action of the cross. The glory of the Son and the glory of the Father. Jesus said to us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. For the glory of God. To God be the glory. That's what should be our cry. To God be the glory. The work of Christ on the cross not only causes us to glory Him, it causes us to glory the Father, to glorify the Father, because it was His plan, a Father who loved us so much that He was willing to send His Son to make atonement for us, to do something that we couldn't do ourselves. We were helpless. We were without Christ. We were without hope. We lived in a world of debauchery. We lived in a world of sin. We were helpless. We were going to hell. Yeah, I said it. We're going to hell. Because of our sin, I said that too. But God. But God had a better plan. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. We find ourselves giving thanks and giving glory to Jesus Christ for taking the penalty that I deserved. We also thank the Father because it was His plan and He gave us His marvelous grace and his love towards us. On the cross, Jesus was glorified and God was glorified in him. And Jesus continues in verse 32. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. It was the obedience of Jesus Christ to the Father that caused the Father to glorify in him. The obedience of Jesus Christ. We're told that Christ was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. God shall also glorify him in himself. Jesus came to do what? To reveal to us the Father. Jesus came to reveal to us the Father. No man has ever seen the Father at any time, but the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he hath manifested him. In other words, Jesus has shown us the Father. Jesus shows us who the Father is through his character. What did Jesus manifest to us concerning the Father? His love. 
He manifested God's love towards us. Jesus is the epitome of love. No, take that back. He is love. He's not just an example of love. He is love. Scripture says in 1 John, God is love. And how do I know that the Father loves me? How do I know that God loves me? Simple. He sent his son to die for me. Take it personal, folks. He sent his son to die for you. That's how you know God loves you. God gave you the affirmation of his love. He gave you the affirmation of his love by saying, look at the cross. The cross is the affirmation of God's love. Jesus glorified the Father by doing the work he was sent to do. Do you want to glorify God in your life? The way to glorify God in your life is to be faithful to do what God has called you to do. And then give him glory. Do what God has called you to do and then give him all glory. To God be the glory. Thank you, Lord, for doing this work. As Christians, we must understand this very simple thing. Every person on earth has been placed here to do one thing and one thing only, as that is to bring glory to God. That is the foundation on which everything is built. Listen to what one commentator said. Quote, glorifying God is the root of man, and from that root, everything receives its start and nourishment. Glorifying God is the well from where all we, that the well we draw fresh water that nourishes our service to God in our lives, unquote. If you have as your aim to glorify God in all you do, and you should, then you've hit the mark. You've done what you're supposed to do. If you have your purpose in your life to glorify God, then you will never ever be led down the wrong path. If your aim, if your heart's desire is to glorify God, God will give you that heart's desire as you delight yourself in him. This is what Jesus is referring to. He is about to finish the work that the Father sent him to accomplish. It is the hour. The hour is now. The cross is at hand. On the cross is the finished work. There is no more work to do except believe. Believe. Jesus' ultimate purpose for coming to the earth was to glorify God by going to the cross. From that purpose, from that root, as he went to the cross to redeem mankind, he reconciles us back to God. Folks, Jesus willingly went to the cross and became a sacrifice. Jesus willingly went to the cross and fulfilled God's command. He fulfilled God's law. He went without argument. He went without complaining. He went without a word. He went like a sheep led to slaughter. He opened not his mouth. Jesus, the sovereign servant, obeying his master's will, humbling himself even to death, death on the cross. Jesus, the son of man, the Messiah, became a curse for us so we would not be cursed. Jesus, our savior, dying in our place, paying the price for sin, setting the debt, settling the debt with the father. Jesus taking upon himself the sins of the world, being separated from the Father for that short time, so we would not have to be. Now his hour had come. Now was the time where he would be glorified. Now is the time the Father would be magnified among men and Jesus would be exalted as Savior. All on a cross. One commentator said this, quote, 
the hour of his greatest humiliation became the hour of his supreme glory, unquote. What more is left to say? What's left to say? What is left for us to say? I can tell you what's left for us to say. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you had a plan. Thank you, Lord, for thinking of me while you're hanging on that cross. Thank you, Lord, for doing all those things so that I could be set free. Thank you, Lord, for breaking the chains that bound me. Thank you, Lord, for conquering sin, conquering death. Thank you, Lord, for loving me to the utmost, to the very end, to everything you were capable of. Thank you, Lord, for hanging on that cross for those horrible, horrible hours, enduring all the pain, all the shame. Thank you, Lord, for doing that because you loved me. Thank you, Lord. Nothing else left to say. Jesus has done it all. It's finished. The last words on the cross. It is finished. Done. Tell us die. It's done. Nothing else needs to be done except our praising and worshiping him. And what is that? Giving him glory. That's what giving him glory is all about. Giving him praise. Giving him worship. He deserves our glory. He deserves our praise. He, he deserves our awe. A-W-E. Awe. We are in all of him. And certainly he deserves to be exalted. He deserves our honor. And he deserves our heart. He deserves all that. He deserves all that. And as you praise him, and as you worship him, something happens deep inside. As you worship him in spirit and in truth, as your heart wells up with joy, as your heart is overwhelmed with, with his love and his mercy pours upon you, what can you say but thank you? All problems seem to fade away. They might not go away, but they fade in the past because the true meaning of life becomes to the forward, Jesus Christ. And that's what our hope is. That's what our hope is. Some of you, even today, have struggles. And we would never, ever try to minimize anyone's struggle. We would never try to minimize anyone's pain because it's real. And life hurts. Life is cruel. But God is so good. And he is so much better than anything you would ever experience on this earth. So much better. In fact, I'm going to close with this. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let that glory be revealed in you as you worship him, as you declare his worth, as you carry him in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, as you carry him throughout this land and whomever you come in contact with, let that glory show. Let that glory shine. So people will go, I want that. You can have it. Let me show you how. To God be the glory. Amen. You are our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.